Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. It's time for another Talking Real Money podcast, audio podcast, and video podcast. Thank you so much for watching or listening or whatever it is you do. If you haven't watched, you can go to YouTube and watch it there, or you can watch it at TalkingRealMoney.com, or you can probably watch it a lot of other places because people just move this stuff all over the internet. And we are so glad you're there. We hope you'll tell friends. I'm Don McDonald in Virginia, and uh, out there, that's Tom Cock hanging out in uh, Bellevue, Washington. And what are you going to do next week? Because I will not be available for the video podcast next week. This is tough times for you. Apparently, we won't be doing a video podcast. Oh, then. Well, then that, that was easy. It wasn't so mm-hmm. tough after all. No. Okay. All right. There you go. No, I may take a couple of vacation days while you are, and then we'll just correspond. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea, but we do know that we're trying to pretty much every day be here for you to try to help you manage money better, understand it, uh, avoid getting ripped off, stop doing dumb things, go for the simpler approach, get it right, stop getting it wrong, don't let your emotions control your decisions, build a plan, create create a great portfolio. And to that end, we're always looking for people who are out there with great ideas. Great ideas for building a better portfolio. And one of the better known investors is a guy by the name of David, David, David Swenson. And uh, he, he ran the Yale Endowment um, uh, at one point. I don't know for when, but anyway, uh, there is a, there is a, uh, a, book out called Unconventional Success, A Fundamental Approach to Personal Investment and Pioneering Portfolio Management. And uh, they, they call this the Swenson Portfolio. Accurately so. By the way, Mr. Swenson passed away this spring, and uh, but he left a, a great legacy. They did a great job with the Yale, as you said, uh, portfolio. And here it is. All right. I'll give you the numbers. I mean, I think it's fascinating. Um, this is a 70-30, I believe, 70% in It is 70-30, yes. 30%. So this is, for many people, a little more on the aggressive side. If you invest in a portfolio like this, you need to expect to see a decline somewhere along the way, probably of 30% of your portfolio. So some people can't take that kind of pain, but apparently I'm busy. I've got uh, phone calls coming in, but they're, they're not going to stop. Do you need to uh, take that? No, I don't need to take that. Are you but, sure? Um, <laughs> I can so, just fill for a while. I can dance. I appreci- Let me give you the numbers. All right, 70, 30. He says 30 in the total U.S. stock market. 30%, okay. Mm-hmm. 15% in international stocks, developed countries. 5% in emerging markets, which I know we're taking the heat on because we said you should be in emerging markets, even though we had the sell-off a couple of weeks ago because of what China did. Mm-hmm. 20% in real estate, which is a little bit mm-hmm. more than I would want to have in real estate. And then on the bond part, 15% in intermediate term treasury bonds and 15% in treasury inflation protected securities tips. So this is a pretty good portfolio. I mean, this is, is a little bit varied from good. what we do. It's pretty good. 
I mean, there's some tweaking I would do. I would probably take that international developed market up to about 20%. And I would probably take about 5% out of real estate and put that in emerging markets. So then you'd have a balance between U.S. and international. Mm-hmm. That you'd was closer a, to, to 55, yep. 45, and then which you is would where also, I'd rather be. And which is, you'd also have a substantial amount in emerging markets. What this misses a little bit also as well, Don, is if you own the total U.S. and the total international, the amount of money that you have exposed to smaller and to value companies is pretty tiny. The problem is those are the companies that have been more productive in terms of returns for a long period of time. Yeah, not lately. I get it. It's been the last 10 years or so. Better to just be in large U.S. companies. But over time, that has not been the case. So I would want to see somehow you tilt that portfolio a little bit to more some value orientation, some small, but that's at the edges. I think overall, this is a very good portfolio. What I like about it is if you build a portfolio like this, or if you use Paul Merriman's 10 fund portfolio, you do something that you've talked a lot about, Don, and that is eliminate the need, the want, the desire to buy things that you don't need because these you have my portfolio. So when something comes along that looks like, whoa, I got to own that. You already go, have it. I, you, I own a portfolio basically of the world. I don't need to add a weird kind of new thing that everybody says is cool. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I like about this massive diversification. I agree with you. I'd have a little bit more in small cap. If we were managing this, we'd adjust it a little bit differently, but we'd be in a similar area. But what I think is great, a lot of people like to brag about their investments when they get in social situations, which we will have again someday. <laughs> Just a minute. I'm hoping. I'm we hoping. will. Yes. Coming soon. Uh, so when somebody brags about some hot stock they got into, if you own a portfolio like this, you literally can say, oh, I own that too. And so so when you're at the cocktail party wearing your mask, mm-hmm. you can say, you can say oh, 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 oh. I got that one as well. You know, the other thing that is really good about a portfolio like this is it allows you to say, my goal is X. I'm trying to make Six or seven percent a year. I'm mm-hmm. allowing for if I want to make that the that the portfolio will have this much volatility. When you have this mishmash, which or hodgepodge, I guess that's your word. You never know because you got all these things thrown in there. We see this every day. We just talk to somebody about 90 securities, 90 different funds in their portfolios. Like, my goodness, how would you ever know what you're trying to achieve? How much volatility you may have to accept with a portfolio like this that's properly constructed? You can have a goal and you can have a sort of acceptance rate of volatility, which I think is very, very important. And you notice what's missing in this portfolio? Precious metals and cryptocurrency. No cryptos, no precious metals, no weird speculation. Which makes us even bigger fans. And we're huge fans also because truly this is diversified. And truly, if you do this right with the right type of mutual funds or exchange traded funds, you keep your costs low. Those are the only two, as they say, free lunches on Wall Street that I know of. Diversification and low cost, period. Everything else going to be an expensive three martini lunch. Do you have any questions for us? Just call us 24 hours a day at 855-935-TALK or go to TalkingRealMoney.com and type your question or record it. And here's one that came in after a podcast we did last week. This was Tom's idea. So, <laughs> Of 
course it was. The topic if it's was bad news. Then yeah, it's mine. If it's bad, it was Tom's idea. But I can pretty much I can show you how it was Tom's idea. If anybody wants proof, okay. uh, you might want to you want, might want to store that somewhere where you have it to pull out to show them. All right, here's here's <laughs> this is a comment. This okay. is not a question. Yeah. Although he kind of has a comment there, a question at the end. <laughs> I love these kinds of things. Oh, it's Go so ahead. political. This is so oh. political. Mm, all right. It's really surprising to hear that you would recommend investing in China, given the recent uncertainty and resultant 40% drop in the value of six top tech companies in China without explicitly calling out the current mechanism that these companies use to list in U.S. exchanges as the variable interest entity at any time. The Chinese Communist Party could decide they want to crack down on any or all companies with this mechanism and effectively declare VIEs illegal and void. While you did talk about more risk in emerging markets than developed markets and your recommended allocation was relatively small at 10%, there is a real risk that an investor could lose their entire investment in the CCP if the CCP decided to enforce the law, since VIEs are actually not lawful today, since they provide the means for foreign ownership of a Chinese entity, you might want to clarify to your listeners that there are emerging markets with some level of the rule of law, and then there is China. Keep up the good work. Yeah. I, okay. First of all, let's just put it out there. Uh, the work around emerging markets, which countries, for example, to include is not the work that Don and I do. We trust others for that, just to be fully disclosed. I trust the very fine work, for example, at Dimensional Funds or at Avantis Funds. They have very smart CFAs, et cetera, that are looking at all these markets and deciding, by the way, it took a long time before Dimensional Funds decided to invest in China. Mm -hmm. I can remember all the years they waited for the exact reason you just mentioned, political instability, whether or not the Communist Party might take over the economy and say, you can do this, but you can't do that. All of those risks. So those are smart people that at some level I have to trust because we're not picking countries because I think we invest in like 80 countries when you look at our portfolio. We're not picking those one at a time. We have to rely on the people that we think you should believe in because they're careful. This isn't something anybody runs out to do cavalier in a cavalier fashion. So I think that's a fair criticism. And I think you're right. And here's, by the way, here, and I'll let you finish this, Don, but here's the thing. You have been paid, not every year, but over the long haul for exposing your money to those riskier places. Uh, that is, that's the fact. Going back as far as we can look at emerging markets, you've been paid for the risk you've taken. That's not always true when it comes to investing. And there are some other important considerations in all of this. Yes, China is risky, but so is Taiwan because there could be a war there. Uh, so is Southeast Asia. Governments can change there. Yet emerging markets funds invest in these markets because of the potential for growth. And when you when you talk about China, you have to make you have to make some important distinctions between China and other smaller troubled countries. One, it is the second largest economy in the world. Hard to ignore, really hard to ignore. Second, a large percentage of China's ability to do the things that it wants to do are 
hugely dependent upon their relationship with the United States, Europe, Russia, Australia, all of the countries in the world. And if they were to damage the citizens and the investors in those other countries, it could mean massive losses to the Chinese government, to the Chinese people, and a reversal of their huge move into the first world, the most rapid move into first world that's ever been experienced in the history of mankind. But it makes sense because economies are progressing so rapidly. So despite the fact that they are, and we've got to really stop calling them, I think we have to stop calling them a communist country. They're an autocratic company. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A country. Not they the are communist not, ideals. It's, it's just an autocracy. This is what they're yeah, doing is in communism. It's yeah. autocratic capitalism. That's fair. And by the way, if you go through the rest of the emerging markets, Russia, you know, there's some things that go on in Russia that don't make me too excited. Uh, how about Brazil? Uh, they've had their problem. I mean, you could go through each one of those countries and say, this is going on. They've got this rapid inflation. Yeah. There's, there's bad things in all of those places. And again, that's why you have only some of your money. You have a diversified among those countries and many companies in those countries. And you know there's going to be a lot of volatility that over time has rewarded you. That's what you know. And bear in mind right now, <laughs> I know that it, we spent a lot of our growing up, those of us in the baby boom particularly, uh, in a communist, in a, in a world in which we were concerned about communism taking over the world, there are really only two countries. I think it's Cuba. Well, and, and maybe Venezuela. Okay. North Korea. Uh, North Korea. Yeah. How well okay. are those countries we, doing economically? I don't believe that your uh, emerging markets funds No, have we much do not own any of those countries. Any, Sorry. I, I, I'm trying to see if there's any in Argentina, no. and I don't. Uh, Oh, I, think I mean, not own, Argentina. I meant Venezuela. I don't believe yeah. we own anything in Venezuela. No, no, no. Venezuela is at a zero. Yeah. I'm looking at, yeah. at the DFA. And list. we don't own anything in Cuba. And we I don't own. Venezuela. I know we no. don't own anything in North Korea. Um, Argentines, I apologize. Yes, I'm dragging up. them into this mess. I Come messed on. up my South American country. I meant Venezuela. And Messi so, just picked up like 400 million, whatever. What this month. does that have to do with? He's emerging a great markets. Argentinian. That's why. Oh, anyway. got it. Okay. All right, we're gonna go now. <laughs> I think we've we've done enough damage for a day. <laughs> Do you want another question, or should we go? Uh, it's up to you. you. Run the show. I'm just here to. All right. Try you actually, a little Do you think you might be able to answer this one this time? <laughs> so far, I'm over two. So go ahead. Why not? All right. Can we just have a simple one? Like, you. should I start a Roth IRA, a regular IRA, something like? That? No, those are boring. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're not going to give you any more of those anymore. Let's see who's <laughs> this know. one. No, that one's not a question. That's a comment only. I don't know what that is. So if you thought this show was well rehearsed, was practiced in some fashion, if it's you're listening now, no, you know no. it's not. Uh, you know, actually, I want to do this one because I don't know what they're talking about. Maybe you know. Uh, the subject is money <laughs> You're going to make it go over three. What is it? Yeah. I, I have been getting many emails about new rules which will affect bank accounts. The emails do not explain what the changes are or what one must do to prepare. Have you heard about this or is it a scam? Have you yes, heard about your anything? bank account is about to be closed and all of your money confiscated. Have you heard of any By changes? By the Communist Party of China. Next question. 
No, I don't think so. I think that sounds I, like a scam. I it's probably it something somebody's getting you to contact them and we're pretty we're pretty me. big readers of you know not just financial stuff but general. St- I haven't seen anything. I'll put it that I way. I haven't I, either. I do read quite a bit. I don't read everything, but quite a bit. I think I probably would have noticed that there's been a major, <laughs> major banking. Okay, apparently somebody needs Tom really badly, so we're going to go. Uh, Thanks for being a part of the show. Call us at 855-935-TALK or send your question at Talking Real Money. If you need really big help, go to Vestry.com, set up an appointment with one of our advisors. We'll give you one for free for nothing with no obligation and no high-pressure sales pitch. It's really easy. Just set up an appointment on the website. Thanks for being there. Tell your friends. I'm Don McDonald. That guy is Tom Cocken. Thank you. Talk Real Money. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?